Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm a hundred percent ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. Well, we certainly know who's putting the big into big red rage tonight. The guy holding the big bag. The guy shouldering. The big expectations. To whom much is given, much is required. I think I've heard that somewhere before, Ron Wolfley. (laughs) I think I have as well, Paulie. Yes, yes, maybe on Sundays. This is the Kyler Murray Big Red Contract Edition, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Shortly, it'll be starring Kurt Warner, who knows a thing or two about (laughs) the position. Can't wait to get Kurt's thoughts on all of this. That was a great get there, Polly. Very well done by our Jim Almohandro. Ron Wolfley, your reaction when earlier today, I believe you were maybe even on the air when this news came down. If you weren't, you spent a good four hours talking about it. No, exactly, Polly. It was. uh, It came down just before we actually hit the air, Polly. And uh, a lot of relief, actually, because uh, once again, this whole thing could have gotten really, really bad. Uh, The fact they got it done even before you got close to training camp, Paulie. I mean, I I thought maybe the 25th, maybe Monday after a weekend, right? Maybe the 26th, Paulie, when they were actually going to report right up to the deadline. And that was not the case. So... Pleasantly surprised that they got this deal done. I, I believe it was about 1.30 this morning. And now, you know what? You can move forward. So what is it? A uh, $230 million extension, five years. Make it 230.5. So you're just ahead of Deshaun Watson in the annual compensation, $46.1 million per year, locked up through 2028. Depending on what you believe, Sports Illustrated says it's about $105 million guaranteed, $162 million guaranteed for injury. Mm. Either way, it's the biggest deal in Arizona Cardinals history. And earlier today, Cliff Kingsbury on the Dave Pash podcast just talking about, you know what, um, a generational talent and an all-time contract. He's going to continue to get better. Uh, the contract deal I feel really good about. He's our future here. I mean, the talent, I've said it since I got here, is, is generational. Each year, you, you look at the stats, you look at any wins, anything, it's gotten dramatically better. And, and that's what I've been really excited about. I knew when we drafted him, he had a chance to be one of the top guys in the league. And I think he's proven that. I mean, the kids come in, rookie of the year, uh, back-to-back Pro Bowls. I think he takes criticism, which we all do. I think some of his is unfair for some reasons I won't get into here. But we know what he brings. And, and every Sunday we line up with him as quarterback, we have a real chance to win any game. 
You know what, Paulie? The Cardinals officially have their franchise quarterback, right? I mean, whether I want to call him a franchise quarterback or not, Paulie, they officially have their franchise quarterback. And I love the fact that Cliff Kingsbury acknowledged right in the beginning of that clip that Kyler Murray is only going to get better because that's what I believe. I believe he is only going to continue to mature as a man and mature as a player. Well, we've seen two Pro Bowls in his first three years. Not too bad. And look, we've seen defensive coordinators lose a lot of sleep. I mean, if you think about what he presents from the athleticism to the arm talent to the accuracy, you still think of the potential and the upside, you understand why they've locked him up through 2028. Intriguing little comment there from Cliff Kingsbury, though, just maybe on some unfair or untoward criticism when it comes to Kyla Murray. That was intriguing. In fact, it's a really good listen, the Dave Pash podcast. you got to check it out wherever you get your podcasts and follow along on Twitter, at Pash Pod. And then here's the head coach um, defending Kyler and some of the aspects of his game on and off the field with Dave. Everybody's going to have their, their own opinion, but the kid came to the worst team in football and the worst offense by far you know that that had occurred in a long time in this league and all he's done is improve every year he's improved the organization he's improved the team um and because he doesn't smile and wave at the camera every day all of a sudden he's this this villain and never got in trouble off the field you've never heard one bad thing about him off the field negative towards any person in the building um and so at times i think there's certain aspects to him that that draw that criticism but uh we're thrilled the the progress he's made and where this thing's heading and and i know he's excited about this upcoming season you know, as Justin Pugh said on a recent edition of the Pash Pod, quote, we've all seen what this looks like without Kyler Murray, and nobody wants that again. Because Cliff Kingsbury is definitely right. 2018, they weren't just 32nd in the NFL in offense. <laughs> they were historically bad. So, and as he also told Dave, he said, hey, look, at Kyler's best, when he is at his best, I don't know who's better in this league. You Think know, about Paul, that. Polly, I know, man. Seriously, this is something that we've had many, many conversations about. Kyla Murray and the talent of Kyla Murray. When you think of his arm talent alone, um, he's right there with the best in the league. When you think about his legs, his ability to run the ball, he's right there with Lamar Jackson, one of the best in the league. Now you put those two things together right there. That's incredible. From a talent perspective, Paul, I'm not talking about success at the quarterback position, which he's had an awful lot of, by the way, okay? Uh, But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about from a talent perspective, a skill set perspective, he's a combination of Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. He is. Now, he doesn't have the stature, the build of those guys, but his skill set is just like that, a combination of the two. You can't tell me that the L.A. Rams just over a year ago, right, last offseason when they pulled the massive deal for Matthew Stafford said, we better keep pace in our own division. Not long after, the San Francisco 49ers traded away three first-round picks for Trey Lance. Mm. They wanted themselves a future of football-type athlete and quarterback. It's just it's something where he resets that bar and what the opponent's are thinking you know it's it's what Larry Fitzgerald said last week on the NFL Network he's a guy that everyone around the league has to prepare differently for yes and Larry also said loosely quoting there's nobody in the game as talented that has as diverse an array of abilities in terms of that athleticism ability to throw the ball etc but Wolf what is the charge for Kyla Murray 
now. I mean, the expectation isn't just to be a great quarterback. You, you have to be a great face of the franchise. You have to be a great leader. And, and in my opinion, you have to be a big part of the culture going forward. Yeah, Paul, you, I heard you saying that earlier today, and you are so right on the money in regard to that. He's got to be the culture of the Arizona Cardinals going forward. That means, Paulie, he's got to he's got to accept that responsibility. And that's one of the big things, too. That is one of the big stories about Kyler Murray and the signing of the extension today. The fact that the Arizona Cardinals are not going to go into a training camp with this as a story, Paul, because that could have been really, really nasty. That could have been bad. And you know what? Cliff Kingsbury actually got his wish. He wanted Kyler Murray to be signed from day one going into training camp. When they all were supposed to report, he wanted Kyler Murray there. And that is going to happen, Paul, days in advance, as a matter of fact. That's going to happen. I think that's a big deal. And you know what? Look, we can all look at this date, and it kind of makes sense because quarterbacks reported today for the Arizona Cardinals. So they synced it up with this date. Okay. That's right. I get it. But, but. The agent has been clamoring for this since basically day two of the offseason, right? And, and we got the Tolstoy length manifesto in all caps, and, and we got the scrubbing of the social media, and a lot of that's just the process of you know negotiating a contract in 2022. I get it. The agent's the bad cop. The quarterback's the good guy. I get all that. But the fact the Cardinals waited this long, I think there was more to it than that. For example, I think they wanted to demonstrate to the agent and any future agents – trying to maybe flex a little muscle and accelerate the timeline. No, no, no. We'll do this on our terms, on our own calendar. You're not going to get this before the draft. And then number two, maybe, just maybe, they wanted to have a series of conversations with Kyla Murray. As Mike Garofolo, the NFL Network, reported way back in early February, the start of this offseason, you know, the Cardinals very much wanted Kyler to take a step forward in a lot of these areas we cite. You know, when it comes to leadership. Sure and having a bigger voice with his teammates. Huh? I'm guessing the Cardinals, I'm speculating, but I'm guessing that they made that point to Kyler. You know what? This is now expected of you as one of the highest paid players in the game. Yeah, and, and you know, Polly, honestly, once again, to be fair about it, I don't really think the quarterback's reporting, uh, if he would have missed that, okay, he would have missed that. Even the players reporting in on the 26th, even the players doing that, I think you could you could you could say okay there's still time for him not to miss that first practice because that first practice is going to be huge to me. I mean as a team collectively on the 28th. That to me was always the drop dead day. Once again, episode 33 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Available now via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Pash Pod. All right. So everything we waited all offseason for, right? Fill in the blanks. How many years? How many millions? How much is guaranteed? The deal is done. The deal is big. And now some of the big questions for a guy who's been there and done that. Kurt Warner joins us next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Here comes Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and the future of the franchise takes the field for the first time. That is a great throw, a great read by Kyler Murray. Boy, you could just see it. Kyler Murray and the confidence starting to grow. They have seen 
The Heisman Trophy winner, a winner his whole life, backing it up with his play. At the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Kyler Murray, you are ridiculous. Murray magic. Nasty is as nasty does. And we all know that Kyler Murray is nasty. The stuff you see in dreams and in video games, but not in the NFL. Murray magic in the form of a Murray montage right there. The collective voice of the Arizona Cardinals, Dave Passion, Ron Wolf. Yours truly, Paul Calvisi on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So, Wolf, I was on this radio show earlier today. Then national host, he hits me with, how confident are you that Kyler Murray will lead the Arizona Cardinals to a Super Bowl, Paul Calvisi? (laughs) And I, I went with, well, I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson flamed out in his first playoff game, and so did Peyton Manning, and they've done pretty well for themselves. But there's really... Only one person truly qualified to answer that question. Indeed, the only Bob. right, the only quarterback ever to lead the Cardinals to a Super Bowl. We were there, and he joins us now. In fact, we have so much to talk about. We don't even have time, Kurt, for all your accomplishments and accolades. We'll just go with Hall of Famer. I think that covers it. Kurt Warner, how are we doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm getting ready for a great season. I'm excited that uh, the Cardinals got Kyler locked up and we don't have to worry about that drama going into the season but i'm i'm doing well and i'm excited about this uh, this upcoming season in the nfl yeah thank you so much graybeard for joining us we really do appreciate this but just give me your thoughts in general on Kyler Murray, of course, and the Arizona Cardinals in the signing of this contract what was the first thing you thought of when you actually heard the news well, I mean, the first thing you always think, because I, I always come from a player's men- mentality, and that's good for Kyler. I mean, it's it's incredible that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a young kid like that has proven enough to earn that kind of contract, and we're talking about, you know, generational wealth, um, that you're excited for guys when they get to that point and they sign on the dotted line uh, with something like this. You know, beyond that, I, I'm just excited because the thing about Kyler Murray is he's gotten better every single year. And uh, he's a young kid that's still growing and that's still, uh, you know, working his way to what he can be. Um, But he's done enough in the short period of time that he's played to warrant getting this next deal. And, you know, now obviously, you know, like all these teams, now they're hoping that Kyler lives up to that contract. And living up to that contract can look a lot of different ways. I mean, I think big picture-wise, we're always going to say, you know, leading the team to a Super Bowl – uh, is part of getting that big deal. Um, but we've seen other guys in this league, you know, the Drew Breeses, the Aaron Rodgers, that have been great year in and year out and uh, have led their teams to lots of wins and lots of playoff opportunities and opportunities to compete that have only played in one Super Bowl in 20 years, in, you know, 18 years. And so um, there's lots of different ways to qualify living up to a particular con- uh, contract. Um, and so how it's going to be defined, um, you know, we'll see four years from now. But I love that they locked him up. And as I said, I love that this young kid has done enough in a short period of time to say, I warrant this kind of deal. And now, you know, hopefully he steps into that and goes, but now I want to live up to it. I want to live up to what $46 million a year means uh, in whatever capacity that is. And, uh, and I hope he rises to that challenge. Hmm. Kurt Warner joins us on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. NFL Network will probably cover one of the Cardinals' practices during Cards Camp. If you could challenge Kyler Murray to get better in one area this season, 
what would it be, Kurt? Well, I mean, I think it would just be playing in the pocket and challenge him to, uh, you know, learn to trust his eyes more than his legs. Um, you know, and it's easy for me to say because I had no legs. Um, you know, but when you have legs like Kyler Murray, uh, I understand how it's easy to just go, oh, at the end of the day, just let me out-athlete everybody. But I think, you know, for him to take that next step, he's got to be willing to trust his eyes and make decisions inside the pocket and allow his arm and his mind to beat people, not his legs. And that's where I would challenge him. The legs were always going to be a part of things. But make the game easier by learning how to play in the pocket and learning how to make those decisions and trust that you don't have to win games by being an athlete all the time because he's such a gifted, gifted thrower. You know, I was talking to somebody on the radio today, and I think if you put all the skill sets of every quarterback in the National Football League together, from athleticism to throwing ability, put it all together, he may be the most talented quarterback we have in the National Football League. He is such a gifted thrower of the football, and that doesn't mean just a big arm. He understands how to make different throws. He understands how to throw with touch, um, you know, and allow his players to get to the football and making it easier on his players. And so it's a rare combination of his athleticism as well as his throwing ability. Now if he can piece together, you know, getting better every year inside the pocket and making those layups game in and game out, man, it, it, you know, it's already scary. You know, what, what did you say uh, on the, uh, the intro? Nasty is as nasty does, and no. he's nasty. Uh, there's no doubt. He's nasty. Uh, but if he could develop more inside the pocket along with everything else he has, man, it would really, really be nasty for every NFL defense. So where do you think, schematically, this offense, do you think this offense needs to evolve, Kurt? And if so, how? Um, well, I mean, that's a tough question um, because, again, evolution a lot of times comes down to what you're able to do and what you're able to hang your hat on. You can't just always force an issue and go, well, we haven't been good at this, so this is all we're going to do. I just think the evolution really needs to come from Kyler and, and then comes from come Cliff to figure out how he can take those steps uh, inside the pocket without forcing it too much to not allow Kyler to do what he's capable of doing right now at this point in his career. So it's a fine line between forcing the issue because you believe he's got to get better in that capacity if they ever want to compete against the best teams and compete for championships. But you can't sacrifice success and what he's done. You know, I mean, the last two years, first half of the season he's been in the MVP conversation Mm -hmm. so you can't sacrifice allowing him to be Kyler Murray so it's really a fine line when we talk about that evolution and how do you push that envelope uh, in that area without sacrificing those other things that he's really really good at at this point in time in his career and you you have to find that balance and a lot of times I always think you know that's what training camp and preseason is for is, okay, we're not expecting Kyler to run, and we don't want him running around making all these plays in training camp. I want him to stay in the pocket. I want to force him to play more in the pocket. And then if we can make some growth there in training camp, we can see some of that in the regular season when it's time to just say, hey, Kyler, ball in your hands. 
We need you just to play your game when we're between those lines on Sunday. So I think a lot of the evolution happens more in the offseason and in training camp and OTAs and preseason as, as opposed to expecting guys to every week get incrementally better at something when they're in the midst of the season and game planning and going out and just trying to win the next contest. Kurt Warner, our guest on the Big Red Rage. You know, we were around back in the Super Bowl run. And before then, Kurt, as you know, when people talk about Super Bowl 43, and I, I tell them, you know, it really started three years earlier when Kurt Warner, more than any person in that locker room, was responsible for changing the culture mm. of the Arizona Cardinals. And we hear that about Kyler, that he should be a bigger part of that, that the decision makers want him to have a bigger voice with his teammates and more of a leadership role. What does that mean to you? Can you just simply define that? What, what would you tell a young quarterback in terms of that aspect of their job description? Um, you, you know, it, it's, it's always twofold. The first thing is, well, I would say the biggest thing is you have to get guys in your locker room to believe. And it, it's twofold. One, it's getting them to believe in who you are as a player, that, you know, you, that you can do whatever this, need, this team needs you to do to win every single game, that you've got the talent or the ability or you're putting in the time, whatever it is, that those people watch you in that locker, watch you go to work every day and go, okay, we got a guy, not just a talented guy, but a guy that I know I can go to battle with every week. And he's going to find a way to carry us when we need to be carried. So that's the first thing is you have those figureheads in your locker room that will bring everybody with them. And then the second part is to be a guy that can instill belief in everybody else from the standpoint that, of what they're capable of. When I came to to Arizona, the biggest thing was I don't think anybody ever believed that we were going to win. Nobody believed what we were capable of, what the possibilities were with that team, you know, based on the past and the history and the guys that had been there and had never won. And so there was really no belief that we could ever get to the mountaintop. And so that was my job when I got there was, A, show them that I'm capable of, of leading them there, and B, showing them that they're capable of getting there, showing them that they can be better than they have been, that when we come together collectively, we could do something that everybody else maybe feels is impossible and, and what, what they felt was impossible when I walked into the locker room. And that, to me, is how you build a culture. Is it, it starts with believing. you know. And Coach Wiz, I thought, did a great job when he came in of staying steadfast to what he believed in and saying, this is how we're going to do it, and we're going to do it. And he stayed steadfast in that message and in his approach, and it's those kinds of things where you see incremental movement, and then you start believing. And it takes certain people to be able to do that. And and when you're the face of a franchise, obviously when you play quarterback, that becomes your role. I think a lot of people are going to believe, at least to a degree, that Kyler has the ability to lead them and win games with them. We've seen that. He's going to have to convince them that he can take that next step and be good enough to win in the playoffs and, you know, to, to, to get to Super Bowls. But the second part is to make sure that when they step in, the guys in that locker room believe, um, and that is a big part of that position, is connecting with guys and pushing guys and, and understanding how to compete with guys every day to push them to their limit. 
so they start believing in what they can accomplish or what their groups can accomplish. And Kurt, we've heard this for so long. We really have over the years, of course, that a franchise quarterback, one of the things they have to do is work harder than anybody else. First guy in, last guy to leave. We've heard that so much. Does that still apply in today's NFL? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not in today's NFL, um, but I do believe well, – well, to, to me, as a leader, you have to earn respect of the guys around yes. you. Yes. And I, I think there's lots of ways to earn respect. You know, I mean, you know, Wolf, as much as me. Every time you walk in or hear somebody interviewed in the off season, you know, everybody says they're the hardest worker. Yeah. Well, everybody can't be the hardest worker. <laughs> like, it, it, it's not the case. Everybody can't be that guy. But you do have to figure out what it is that you do that is going to earn the respect of the guys around you, right? I felt that I worked hard, but I always felt like what separated me was I always felt like I was the smartest guy in every room, that you know I knew more than everyone else. And, And that's where I earned my respect is that I could help teach everybody on the offense. I could help talk to guys on defense and tell them what I was seeing. And, and that intelligence that I had separated me and earned the respect of the guys around me. And I always had their ear. They always knew that I knew what we were doing, that I knew how to help them. And that's how I earned my respect. So first guy in last guy to leave. I don't know if that's always the case, but I do believe the quarterback or the leaders have to earn that respect and have to have something that separates them from other guys, something that other guys look at and go, man, I want to be that guy, or that guy's got something different about him. And I think that will always apply in leadership roles because you don't have respect for whatever reason. Um, You don't have respect. It's always going to be hard for guys to follow you, especially when things get tough, or especially when you have to ask them to do something they don't want to do, they're always going to look back and go, well, do you do it? You know, are you asking me to do something you're not willing to do? Um, And so I I do think to some degree that applies. I just don't think it always applies in exactly the way that you're talking about. Like, you know, I know we hear that all the time. What are you doing when you get in the building and what are you doing before you leave? To me is more important than when you get in the building and when you leave. Kurt, I love that. The respect, because it's so true. That's what you're after. How that gets distributed is probably different today. I tell you what, you want to get ready for this NFL season, go to QBconfidential.com. That's QBconfidential.com. Kurt Warner, the driving force behind sharing Hall of Fame secrets, building better players, smarter coaches, and more informed fans at QBconfidential.com. You get more of this sort of knowledge and insight. Kurt, thank you, and uh, we hope to see you next month out of the stadium. I am definitely going to be there. I can't remember the day that I'm going to be out of the stadium, but I will be covering Cardinal Camp at one point and look forward to catching up. But it's always great to talk to you guys, and let's go have a great season. Right on, Gray Beard. The good news is neither one of you has to worry anymore about being tackled from behind by Larry Fitzgerald like has happened at camp in the past. That's good. Kurt Warner, we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Shotgun snap to Wilson, straight drop back, steps up in the pocket, takes off, running far side at the 40, and drilled by Simmons at the 41. 
Isaiah Simmons is balling. How you do things off outside of the facility and off the field, um, like going home and how long you choose to study, what you choose to do extra, what you choose to do after practice is over. Um, that's something that I've always, you know, done. But you know, it, it's just a whole new level when you're a pro, just because at this level everybody's physically gifted, uh, everyone's an athlete, and I feel like where people separate themselves is the mental aspect of the game. It's Isaiah Simmons. Quoting Vance Joseph, Cardinals defensive coordinator, this offseason, and this is on Isaiah and Zaven Collins, quote, it's their time, their first-round picks, they have to help us, end quote. Vance Joseph. Ron Wolfley, yours truly, Paul Calvisi. Special thanks to Kurt Warner for joining us on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Uh, how about Kurt making that statement that if you put all the quarterbacks, lined up all their skill sets, that Kyler Murray might be the most gifted of every quarterback on the planet right now. So that was that was intriguing stuff. You talk about gifts, though, Wolf, and you talk about just sheer talent. I mean, Isaiah Simmons mm. on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, look, he still has massive upside, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he does, Paulie. And once again, I honestly, you know, the ta- the talent is so obvious on the offensive side of the ball. You just look at the offensive side of the ball and the talent, Polly. It's so obvious when you start with Kyler Murray. You got D-Hop when he comes back. You got Hollywood Brown. You got Zacherts. On and on it goes. Rondale. Yes, the, the talent is there. Yet, the defensive side of the ball, you can also see some talent. And I do believe that maybe the fulcrum to the entire season, assuming the offense is going to be what I think it's going to be, and that's one of the best offenses in the league. I do believe that. I expect them to do that with the talent they have and the offensive line. Now that Rodney Hudson is coming back, I think they're going to be one of the best offenses in the league. Having said that, maybe the entire season rests on the shoulders of the two young inside linebackers and how they develop Paul this year because they're going to impact not only rundown being first and 10, second and one to six, but also third and obvious, of course. They're going to impact. And these are guys that may not come off the field, Paul. And because of that, they have a huge opportunity to impact not only the rushing game of an offense, but also, Paulie, the passing attack. Because we know the guy who's off the field permanently, and that's Jordan Hicks, team captain. Correct. Guy who played the most defensive snaps of anyone last year, number two in tackles. Guess what? Jordan Hicks ain't walking through that door this season. So yep. it's incumbent upon those two young inside linebackers. In fact, on the Pash podcast, I actually honestly do not know the answer to this question. I did not hear this part of the podcast yet. Dave Pash asked Cliff Kingsbury if he could name a defensive player who he sees making a big leap this season. Is there a player in particular that when you talk with Vance, you guys are like, man, this this is going to be his year. We got a feeling about this dude. Is there anybody? I, in I'd say Isaiah Simmons. Okay. I think we we've found a a role for him that we feel like can maximize what he does best, and and he's such a dynamic athlete. And when he's not thinking and and just playing fast and attacking the football, good things happen for us. Uh, and this is year three in the system. Uh, I, I really saw some nice flashes this off season, and I expect him to play really well. Okay. That comment there from Cliff mm. Kingsbury, that we have found a role, we have found a position that we really think suits him best. <laughs> that, yes. that 
is the big red question. And you know what? At the end of the press conference, Vance Joseph, he was he was fronted up by some of the media members. So, what is Isaiah Simmons? Where exactly is he going to play? And and his answer, Vance Joseph, was he's a linebacker first, and that's where he's playing. Yet when we had the open media sessions this offseason, he seemingly was playing more safety than yes. linebacker. And we've seen him in five or six different positions during regular season games. Yeah, and then didn't he also go to Ryan Clark's uh, DB precision camp? Yes, he did, yes. as a matter of fact, yep. right? As a DB. Now, listen, I think Isaiah Simmons, this is just me, pure speculation. I think Isaiah Simmons is working on that part of his game because Vance Joseph is going to move him around. He's not only going to play that weak side inside linebacker, that's where I think he's still going to be grounded, where he's still going to start, but he's also going to be moved around and playing more of a safety position as well. Now, once again, I'm not saying he's going to take Jalen Thompson or Buda Baker's reps. I'm not saying that. Maybe they're going to just have this true X factor and Isaiah Simmons out on the field. Now, Paulie, you know what? Playing safety is more difficult, I think, for Isaiah Simmons. And because of that, I think he's spending a lot of time trying to work on improving that part of his game. You know what? In week one against Kansas City, I'll tell you what position he's playing. He's playing the position titled the guy who covers Travis Kelsey. That's his <laughs> okay. position in week one against Kansas City. Now, after that, I have no idea. Well, week two, I guess it'd be the guy who covers Darren Waller. So how about that? But look, here's my thing on, on where the Cardinals are currently constructed. If you want to get the best 11 on the field, Isaiah Simmons obviously is one of the most talented guys on yeah. that defense. But where exactly? Well, if you're a little thin at corner – and guess what? You know what? Uh, you have the two outside corners, Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, and they're head and shoulders above any other corner. You keep them on the field, but now all of a sudden you need a slot corner. Could that slot corner potentially be a Buda Baker? Yes. Could it be a Jalen Thompson? We've seen that at times. Could it be an Isaiah Simmons if the matchup is right? It could be. So maybe they keep him on the field. But he's not necessarily an inside linebacker. He's not even on the edge like we saw him at times last year. But he's that fifth DB, which they don't necessarily have right now, especially after the tragic death of Jeff Gladney. Yes. No, absolutely, Paulie. Uh, who knows what Vance Joseph is going to do? I, I just, during rundown situations, this is me, Paul. I really think Isaiah Simmons, once again, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, those two young inside linebackers right there, I want to see him get the majority of reps inside the box as the weak side inside linebacker. This is just me, pure speculation on this. But if, in fact, the other team has a power personnel group, meaning 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, or 21 personnel, poly, meaning two backs, one tight end, right, or 13, one back. Back, three tight ends, if they have a power personnel group in during rundown situations, man, I really hope to see Isaiah Simmons lining up as that weak side inside linebacker. But once again, he's so wildly talented, they are going to move him around. But I also hope, Paulie, that we're going to see more nine-on-seven drills this year in training camp. More nine-on-seven, Paulie. The inside running game, drills like that, because I think Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins really need that kind of work. I hope that happens. I mean, look at your own division. Um, you think the last place Seahawks will reverse engineer this, right? You think the last place Seahawks are going to try and run the ball this year? Say yes. yes. It's going to be their only option yes. with Geno Smith and Drew Locke, and they loaded up in the offseason on running backs and offensive linemen. We know what the 49ers do with Kyle Shanahan they make you stop the run yes, first Paul. and if you don't he'll run it 50 times yeah. and, 
And then what did the Rams do last year? What did they do after the Cardinals jack-stopped them? They realized, you know what, this 10 personnel isn't working without Robert Woods. We better go back to that offense we ran with Todd Gurley, and it was a much more balanced offense. And now with a healthy Cam Akers, the word out of the Rams camp is they are going to ram it this year more with the run game. So for a defense that allowed 150 yards rushing or more five times last year, you're darn tootin' that those two guys better be up to stopping the run. Polly, uh, why didn't you say Jared Goff? Why didn't, you, why didn't you say that? Because that's what they did. They took it back to Jared Goff. Yeah, Todd Gurley was there, Polly, but they brought it all the way back with Matthew Stafford. And that's the thing that got him into the Super Bowl, in my opinion, was putting Matthew Stafford back into the Jared Goff. Here comes a tackle zone and the play action that comes off of it. Here it comes. You know what? I mean? Enough about the stinking Rams. I want your opinion to come full circle here. What is the bigger question mark for this Cardinals defense? Pass rush? Meaning, can you get to the quarterback minus Chandler Jones? Or is it those two young inside linebackers? Polly, for me right now, it's still the two inside linebackers. These young guys that have wild talent that could impact the other team's ability to run the ball and impact their ability to throw the ball with those long frames and long arms. I'm telling you, Paul, they could be a force or not. And that's what I'm looking at in training camp. And the first time... The first time the first team D comes out there, you don't think everyone's looking to see, okay, yes. where exactly is Zaven yep. and Isaiah Simmons? Yep. Hey, Cardinals season tickets available now at azcardinals.com slash season for more info. More of the Big Red Rage right after this. Fresh set of downs on the OU 25-yard line. Murray off play action, going deep for Hollywood, got it! Goodbye! Touchdown Sooners! 75 yards to one of the fastest guys on the field. Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, they have been there and done that. That was 2018, Kyler's Heisman campaign, Oklahoma at Iowa State. In fact, the voice of the Cardinals, Dave Pash, has been there and done that. There he was, calling it on the TV side. I remember right after the trade, and it happened on draft night, welcome back into the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Ron Wolfley there, Paul Calvisi here, and there we were on stage with Hollywood Brown after the trade. About a half hour after it was announced, Michael Bidwill flew him down in front of the Cardinals draft party, right? That epic scene that got a lot of attention, and I vividly remember Hollywood Brown saying, you know what, Kyler Murray? I know how he thinks. He knows mm-hmm. how I think. Yeah, these two guys, yeah, they're literally uh, best friends. And Wolf, how far do you think that goes, that sort of chemistry, when it comes to production? for the Cardinals offense. Yeah, no, I think it goes a long way, Paul. I really do. Now they're going to have to prove that, and that's something that I'm sure they have no problem doing, going out there and proving it. But, yeah, I think that chemistry is always going to be there, and I think we'll see it probably earlier as opposed to later in the season. So I'm not worried about that at all. I'm just really, really excited about the dynamic. Paulie, you know that I, I was talking about this long before Hollywood Brown ever was a I was so fired up about Rondell Moore. Why was I fired up about Rondell Moore, Polly? Because I thought he was going to get more vertical, right? This was a guy that could take the top off. 
for the Cardinals, and that's something they really, really need in that wide receiver room. The ability of a guy to run down the middle of the field and scare the dog out of the safety, scare the dog out of the defensive coordinators, and then provide an awful lot of room for the guys underneath running their intermediate routes. And now all of a sudden, the Arizona Cardinals have that guy in the form of Hollywood Brown, man. Not only what he does with the ball in his hands, but what he does without the ball. And this is what I'm fascinated to see, Paulie, because I think it's going to have a dynamic impact on this offense going forward. Yeah, Cardinals receivers coach Sean Jefferson right after the Super Bowl. Remember, he, he confirmed uh, you know, your wants and needs and desires that, yes, indeed, Rondell Moore will be deployed yes. downfield a lot more this year. And what I'm also intrigued about when it comes to Hollywood Brown is when he told us on the Big Red Rage that, you know what, I haven't been able to even showcase what I can do in the NFL yet. He said, I've been a team guy, meaning that Ravens offense run by Greg Roman with the multiple tight ends and the power run game. So he was always the third option at best. Well, now, especially without D-Hop, he could be the very first option. So you got to figure he's going to get a lot of targets. He'll get a lot of chances downfield. He told us how he, according to the analytics and the metrics, he's received more cushion than any other receiver in the league. So we'll see what sort of respect he gets in that regard. And then, boom, all of a sudden, you get that sort of tandem with Kyler and Hollywood Brown, and then you realize, okay, what does that mean for the Cardinals' offense? Something Justin Pugh talked about on the Dave Pash podcast, just Kyler and how guys want to play with him and where the Cardinals are now versus where they were. Kyler's in his third year in the NFL, and when I was in New York, Eli Manning was not a vocal leader. He was the first one in. He was the last one out. He did everything right. Kyler comes in, and he does everything we asked him to do. I was here four years ago, and we didn't have Kyler Murray. You, you, oh, so you remember, was I. You remember that team? I've seen, that, I've yeah. seen a lot of uh, quarterbacks the, come through this door, Justin, in 21 years. We had the worst <laughs> offense in, I think, NFL history. <laughs> so when Kyler got here, a light went back on. Yeah. A relevance came back on. We started playing primetime games again. Right. We've been in the playoffs. We've been relevant. Our fan base has something to look forward to every year. There's something to be said about that. Yeah, it's only gallows humor now because you have <laughs> Kyler Murray. And you have a top 10 offense. It's so nice to be able to kind of chuckle at it, right, Paul? Yes, because 2018, when Sam Bradford is face down on the turf, and then here comes Josh Rosen, it definitely was not amusing en route to a 3-13 and and record. Bali. Just yet another reason why he was handsomely rewarded today, Wolf. Yes, absolutely, Paulie. But also, too, I just want to take this time, because we really haven't mentioned Rodney Hudson and the ability mm. – to run Rodney Hudson out there on this offense as the center once again is absolutely huge. This is huge. That was just as big to me. It really was. You know what? The the Kyler Murray signing is huge, obviously, and it's bigger because he's a franchise quarterback, but eliminating the distraction was a big deal for this team going forward. Well, you know what? Signing Rodney Hudson was also a huge deal for this team going forward because, Paulie, once again, Bill Belichick, you know Bill Belichick, right, Polly? You know what he's done. He's bit. done some a things. Bit. A little bit right there. Was very fond of saying the team that controls the middle of the field more times than not controls the game. 
And you know what, Polly? It all starts with a center snapping the ball. It all starts with a guy like Rodney Hudson getting a lot of guys lined up. And you give me an offensive line, your offensive line doesn't have to be the best in the league. It just has to be good enough to allow your talent to do what they do. Good enough to allow Kyler Murray to do what he does. Good enough to allow Kyler Murray to be able to throw the ball down the field to D-Hop and and Marquise Brown and Zachary and to be able to hand the ball off to James Conner, it's got to be good enough to allow your skill to do what they do, Paulie. Because we can name all those skill players, but if your O-line is a liability, you will take the L. Yep. We've been there and done that. Plenty of talented offenses have had a bad offensive line, and they don't go anywhere. In fact, I'll go back to the playoff game. There's a reason one of the first acquisitions the Cardinals made in the offseason was a right guard. Because right guard was a liability, yep. especially against number 99, Aaron Donald. And I vividly remember Aaron Donald after that game telling the media, quote, their quarterback didn't look comfortable, end quote. Yes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes for Kyler Murray to play the worst game of his NFL career is just him being uncomfortable behind an offensive line, especially when there's when there's a real liability at a certain position. Yes, Polly. I mean, honestly, once again, it's all of this is coming together right now. Now they got to go do it. They got to prove it. I'm not making any predictions. You know how I feel about predictions, Polly. But man, they've got the pieces to be one of the best offenses in the National Football League, bar none. I had to shut down Cam Cox from Channel 12 earlier today. He wanted a stinking prediction. Absolutely not. No predictions whatsoever. Besides, <laughs> besides, I have no idea. Did I think the Cardinals were going to start 7-0 and last year or 10-2? and No, I did not. Uh, and did I think they would finish by losing five of the last six, including the playoff game? No, I most definitely did not think that's the way the season was going to end. So who knows exactly, exactly what's coming our way. Yep. All I know is it is an unbelievable schedule. It's the number one or number two toughest schedule in the NFL. It is loaded with marquee opponents, and single-game tickets are available now at azcardinals.com slash tickets. Special thanks to Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Zach Larson, for the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner and Ron Wolfley. I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Chaw! You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.